Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says, stop me if you heard this one, Oolong's going to Tribal Council. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, did you hear that one before? Statistically, this seems impossible. (laughs) This seems impossible. To lose every single immunity challenge? Like, there has, like, just by sheer luck... There has to be one challenge that they would be better at than the other tribe. But no. No. We, no. We have yet to find it. And that's for a lot of reasons that we're going to talk about this episode. Because okay. that is really all this episode is about. Cool. <laughs> is how can this keep happening? How does this happen? Are we sisyphusing up this hill, moving the boulder? Yeah, except Karor's just sitting on the boulder laughing at them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything you want to talk about in this intro bit, Jared? It, it's been—I know—it's been an it's been, hour. And yeah, I, we used to record more double episodes. We don't do that as much anymore, specifically so we can get emails. Yeah, it, so that we're because it's a lot of—it's a long time commitment for us to watch an episode before we show up, record an episode, watch an episode, record an episode. Like that's like a five-hour chunk. With all the stuff in between. So it's been a minute since we had to do this. And I lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with that. Okay. Is there anything in the future that you're looking forward to here? Ooh. You know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just bullshit about? I miss one thing about peak pandemic. Board games. So I was living with like four other people. Oh. So it was like we could get as deep in to like whatever legacy fucking board game we wanted to. And didn't have to schedule it it was just like yeah everyone's available yep D D, i like better now because yeah. we're in person but man nobody want like board game nights always end up going to like really casual games which is fine and they have their place and they're fun but i i need some like hardcore junkie friends and our one hardcore junkie friend that from chicago moved to new york yep. and they don't listen to this podcast but <laughs> i if they did i'd be like you need to move back here right now jordan <laughs> right now get on a plane i'm i'm not gonna tell you that you live your life <laughs> live <laughs> thank you ted lasso i man if you haven't watched ted lasso go watch I'm it not, actually so, oh really mm-hmm. no i've never seen it i don't have apple tv oh. but I, I i do sail the high seas sure but, but also, i'm really bad at watching shows but also just like get, the way you watch shows just get the free trial and then binge in a week no see you can't you're talking to someone with adhd we can't sign up for free trials we won't cancel them we'll forget cancel it right away can can you yeah so what i do is i use the apple like subscriptions so if you go on your phone click on the subscriptions like you immediately sign up for the free trial and then go into your subscriptions button and then cancel your membership so you get the free trial and then boom they can't charge you it's, or it still feels like an adhd trap or same idea sign up for the one month pay for the one month and then cancel it immediately or or 
find it on the high seas and cast it to your Chromecast. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast cannot legally support these things, but I'm not going to stop. Oh, it. no, I didn't say I didn't say I was finding them in illegal means. Oh, OK. Just uh, just I, I get on a boat and I go and find them. I feel like the more we talk about this, the worse it gets. So I'm going to move on. Uh, oh, you know what I do want to talk about, actually? Emulation. Because it was my friend's birthday yesterday, and he got an emulation device that has like 4,100 games on it. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. And I was talking about the legality of emulators, and it is a fascinating gray area. And this mm. is what you came to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast for. <laughs> so emulators, like... Systems that can emulate games are not illegal. Right. It's completely legal for you to have a system that emulates games. And ROMs are not illegal as long as you own the game. Because you own... No, no this, is what a, this is what American courts have decided. Um, I, I, it's I a gray area. It's a, I have looked into it, and I don't know that that's entirely It's a true. massive gray area. I guess... Okay, so technically, ROMs you find online may or may not be, but you own the data on a game that you buy. Yes. So you can legally take it off the means that they distribute it on, i.e. the physical disc or yep. whatever, take the files and play them on something else. Correct. That is totally legal. So emulation is in this weird gray area where in order like the the legality of it is based on you buying a device and then you ripping the files yourself from something you own and putting it onto that device. There they're also in this they neither side wants to test the waters both Correct. game companies and emulation companies neither of them want this brought to court because as soon as it's brought to court then we have a firm definitive is this legal is this not legal yeah and then suddenly whoever loses that is shit out of luck yeah yep can you imagine the floodgates of it open if like all video game emulation became legal and to have a nationally televised hey, this is the legality of this, yeah. suddenly you're going to have an influx either way. There's a lot of people that just don't even know it exists. Yeah. Why give it advertising? But the craziest thing to me is that there are Nintendo games on there. On this prepackaged, buy it with 4,100 games on there. And I was like, I'm. how did Nintendo let this happen? I don't think they did. Considering we, one of my roommates way back in like 2013 downloaded the entire discography of the Wii all at one time <laughs> and got sent nine simultaneous cease and desist letters from Nintendo. That sounds about right. I, they have to know it exists. Yes. But again, is it worth them going after yeah. it? Did this petty bitches. Did this person happen to go find this on TikTok? I don't know. It was a present from his boyfriend. Okay. So I and his boyfriend's out of town. I haven't asked him. But Good probably. Time. I I see these all the time and yeah. Some of them look like absolute crap. That is true. The one he got looks nice. Okay. Nice. Listen, I'm not saying the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast does not advocate for anything illegal. We never would. But, Jared, it's it's weird that uh, Pearl Islands is – you have a hat on right now. represents Pearl Islands. Uh... Oh, I love – yeah, no. Like, pirates are very cool. That's okay. a really – that I, I'm, I really – think the golden age of piracy is very cool and the, the crazy thing about piracy is that when there's a product that is given no other way to be distributed for archival purposes it really isn't it's an inherent good in the golden uh, age of piracy on the high seas sure 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 um, i'm looking over at, at bb's face and i'm like he doesn't approve uh, he doesn't approve but also like how do we live in a world? I, we should for people who haven't been at this the entire time. It's not BB Net and Yahoo. It's BB from season one of Survivor. Correct. Yeah, BB. 
Because, like, that's what I would think if I hadn't listened to our second ever episode of this entire podcast. That's a good point. We have a picture of BB from Survivor Borneo, and he stares at us. Disapprovingly. Disapprovingly. Well, he's got a pretty positive face over there, if you want to turn your head around. No. Okay. Well, (laughs) again, what I was saying is that it astonishes me that companies like Nintendo have systems where you just can't buy or play games anymore. They're just gone. They're just gone. There are digital download games that you just cannot play. Oh, and it's, I mean, it gets, it's gotten worse with things like, I mean, in the last like 20 years, I guess, but like MMORPGs, games as a service. Yeah. Like those just, those servers just go away forever. Yeah. Although recently of all games, it was, oh, what's the one that was superheroes? Um, the MMO that was superheroes. I don't know. Okay, I I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me right now. But basically, I don't, I don't it's, play MMOs. <laughs> it's been dead for like ten over ten years. Like okay, but there's been a private server that's been running that was like frozen in time because it was just like oh yeah archival like come play it's kind of fun whatever. Um, City of Heroes that's what it was called. Never heard of it. The company that owns the City of Heroes license at like the end of 2023 granted them an official license wow i was like yeah you can keep developing the game that's fine that's really cool i know right so maybe stuff like that'll happen yeah oh i was hearing uh, sorry we need to start the episode yeah we, we had nothing to talk about and now we're 20 minutes in we're 10 minutes in oh, Cal- okay. well. calm yourself uh no i heard and this speaking of gaining the rights there was a football player who was so desperately trying to get the rights to the backyard sports series. Oh, uh, uh, Kelsey, but not Travis Kelsey. Uh, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Yeah, and I say thank you, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, make that happen because that is also a series that lives in this legal gray area where a company bought the rights and then has done nothing with it, and the company might be bankrupt. It, it's wild to me how I've gone down rabbit holes this before. So like. Bioshock exists because the system shot license was in limbo and nobody knew who actually owned it. It was discovered a few years ago before the remakes came out and and was the reason why the remakes could come out that it was owned by like an insurance company in the UK Mm -hmm. because it had just been bought as like a portfolio of other bankrupt things. And so they technically owned that company that owned that IP like, that's exa- what the fuck? That's exactly what happened with the Backyard Sports series. So bring those back. Give me... My question is, why can't you just make something legally distinct? What do you mean? Like, especially like Backyard Sports. Like, Bioshock is the legally distinct system shock. Uh-huh. Why can't you just make a Backyard Sports game that is the legally distinct version of Backyard Sports? Because <sighs> then it gets into what actually is an IP, and if you make the same thing with just different names. You can't trademark the concept of sports. Sports being played in a yard. No, but if I looked at something and said that is the same character with just a new name. Fuck, look at Power World. Yeah, and I think that's in some legal shenanigans too. <laughs> uh, Nintendo, Nintendo and Game Freak have been like mad about it, but I don't think they can do anything about it. You can't put a trademark on the idea of creatures. I think they're building their case. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work. Okay. Bumper. <laughs> We should point out we're not lawyers. Not lawyers. I did study for the LSAT at one point, but we're definitely not lawyers. We have zero legal advice. Do not come to this podcast for legal advice. Oh, God, no. My only advice is if you're going to make something that you think might be legally dubious, shut up about it and then just release it. (laughs) Don't talk about it ahead of time. 
So this episode of Survivor came out on March 23rd of 2005. We need a lawyer. <laughs> a couple things happened in the week between episodes. Spamalot came out. The musical? The musical. Nice. Well, yeah, there's no other version. It's based on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, yeah, fine. Uh, it won three Tony Awards. Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew, I, knew it, I knew it won at least one, but I didn't realize it won three. Ran for 1,575 performances. As far as I know, that it's a, a solid adaptation of it's, it's good. the Holy Grail movie. It might be the first musical I ever saw. Really? Yeah, in like eighth grade, like on a band trip. Oh, dip. Yeah. Oh, dip? Dip. We were talking about The Good Place earlier. Okay. Uh, the oh, Sweet Life dip. of Zack and Cody came out. Okay. Which I actually thought that would have been earlier than 2005. Nah, because we see, what, one of the twins is still acting. He's... I think they both are. Oh, they might both be, but one is definitely doing more, like, big projects. Mm. I feel like one of them, like, the... Or they just, it, they they advertise it as only one, oh but God. they just swap when one of them needs a break. We're doing Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Well, yeah, I mean, that's literally what they were supposed, they were. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's get, we need new twins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the top five movies of the week are Hitch, still hanging around, Ice Princess, The Pacifier... And then at number one is robots, but number two is one we're going to talk about: The Ring Two. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Uh, so you know how sometimes I read the descriptions and they're like a paragraph. Yeah. Here's the description: A female journalist, Naomi Watts, must prevent evil Samara from taking possession of her son, David Dorfman's soul. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh man, what do you think this is rated, Stephen? I. Okay sequels to horror movies usually not very good but sometimes they make a lot of money and they get cold followings i think that this is also probably not that good so i'm gonna go a critic score of 25 and an audience score of 42 you did pretty good all right uh it was a uh critic score of 21 Okay. Like 4% off. Yeah, that's great. And audience score of 33. So right in there. Yeah. I feel good with that. That Yeah. No, that's a win. That is 100% a win. Um, doesn't seem like it's very good. Just straight up. It, <laughs> it does not seem like it's a very good movie. I I was surprised to see that maybe we had talked about the original ring earlier. I don't remember. We probably did. I didn't realize it was a 71% critic and a 48% audience. Wow. I, I did not remember it being that low when we did talk about it. So, yeah, interesting. Oh, and the number one song is still Candy Shop, if I did not say that. Neat. Cool. Anything else? Uh, that's what you missed on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> did you know that the twins, and I forget their names, they first appeared as actors as David Schwimmer's kid in Friends? Uh, I don't know who. I, okay. Uh, Ross in Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. who he is. Anyway, I, I so I have only ever seen like two episodes of Friends. Okay, and that was like two weeks ago. At the very start of the series, his son was just born, and he's reeling with, uh, "My wife is leaving me." Oh, that's right. And as the series goes on, he kind of pops in and out. The older version of this kid is played by those two twins. Oh wow! Yeah, hmm. I don't like Friends. Having okay. watched my first two episodes of it ever, like, two weeks ago, seems pretty bad. I, I'm i going to need you to say more, but also be concise about it. Uh, it aged terribly. That's fair. Yeah. It just, I, there was, I cringe every time I hear a laugh track. 
Ross is a weird, weird fucking dude. And a lot of the dialogue writing is is pretty hacky, in my opinion. I'm going to say that I think it falls into the trap that a lot of sitcoms do. The longer it goes on, the more of a caricature. Oh, of... they were late episodes. Yeah. The, the longer these go on, the more, like, th- how many details have to be layered on to these sure. characters yeah. to make them funny? They're not just humans anymore. They are a character. Yeah. But yeah, I think it ages better than How I Met Your Mother did. I think it ages differently. That's fair. Okay. Uh, anyway, episode six, Jellyfish and Chips. I kind of like that title. It's it's funny. It's it's a good pun. I have thoughts about the reward, but we'll get there. Oh, yeah. There. Me too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at Oolong... We're back from Tribal Council. Ibrahim's like, that was crazy. I should be gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And everyone's like, yeah, you should be. And <laughs> then we get into, once again, the why we lost. Somehow this gets brought up. I'm assuming they talked about it at Tribal Council. And Ibrahim's like, yeah, I, I must have admitted that he didn't know how to release the bottle. Or didn't even realize he was admitting it. Like, it could have just been, like, one of those things, like, yeah, I was down there. Or, like, they I, asked how it happened. I, I was down there. The I was pulling on the rope, and it wouldn't come up. And they're like, Jay, you weren't supposed to pull on the rope. You were supposed to pull on the bottle. And he went, oh. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, so then yeah. everyone's like, we need listening skills for this for future challenges. We need to listen and James goes in. He's like, you cost this g- the oh. game because you weren't paying attention. Oh, no, no. My favorite is that is Stephanie that is saying that. Uh-huh. Stephanie is saying, okay, next challenge, we need to focus on listening. She's not even done talking yet. And James talks over her to say, yes, guys, everyone listen. We need better listening <laughs> skills while he's actively not listening to her. Everybody listen. I'm sorry. Did you say something about listening? God. <laughs> Yeah, and he kind of goes in on Ibrahim, and Bobby John, in an aside, is like, James needs to get over it. It was it was beef stew. Like, it's whatever. The reward wouldn't have helped us. Yeah, I I wrote down at this point that, like, James is, is just mad, and he just wants to, like, beat up on somebody. And yeah. there is part of that that's true. I think the fact that his target is a black Muslim man is not as much of a coincidence as we would like it to be. This episode really hammers that home, doesn't it? Yeah. Unfortunate. I I don't know, James, but he hasn't said the most tolerant things in the season. It's 2005, and he lives in Alabama. So I'm going to make some assumptions based on (laughs) some of the things he said out of his mouth and say that, like, if that was Stephanie that had struggled with the bottle, or if that was... Uh, if that was Bobby John that had struggled with the bottle, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. Yeah, he might have still voted them off, and if that and they, if they had like who knows, like immunity might have saved them, but like he wouldn't still be going on about it. Phrasing would have he been wouldn't be holding a grudge. Yeah. Anyway, we wake up in the morning. Ibrahim is praying. Like this is the first kind of hey, Ibrahim is Muslim, like a practicing Muslim, and. and- I- I wonder, so originally I wrote down them, like, good on them to show this and do this little segment of, like, how Ibrahim does his prayers and all of that in 2005. Like, I uh-huh. know I know it's not a lot, but it is it is intentional and it's respectful. And in 2005, that is the best I could it's fucking ask huge. for, unfortunately. Like, absolutely huge. Part of me wonders if they would have even shown this if it wasn't for the way that he got saved from the vote 
how he views how he got saved from the vote and then James's callback to it later. I yeah, I think there is some storytelling elements in there because he talks about the the way things happened. It feels like God had a hand in me still being here. That was interesting to me. So Allah is, from my understanding, and a quick Google search, Allah is the Arabic translation for God. Yeah. Um. So he's using the the English translation, but oftentimes when I've heard Muslims speak, they will say Allah to differentiate that they're talking about the that they're talking about. Uh, the the Muslim God versus the Christian God or another mm-hmm. God. It is interesting that he chooses to use the word God. I don't know that we have an answer that we really need one. Um, whether that's something he does all of the time, whether that's something he did specifically for the camera to be more relatable and not like scare people off. Like that has to be in the back of his mind, right? It's like he's been he's been living in America as a as a proud Muslim man with an Islam tattoo on mm-hmm. his arm. In Alabama, yeah. After nine eleven, yep. I, I, I that it, that word choice felt very intentional to me, in a way that I was like, I clocked and I was like, that's interesting. For me, I think it's it just depends on how you view it. Yeah, because there is a scenario where you're like, ah, I think we're all praying to the same God. Sure. Even if we call it different things and do it in different ways. Sure, that's that's true. Um, yeah, we don't know like which angle of of religion takes. It's even more complicated because Abrahamic. So like different branches of Abrahamic religions treat it differently. But I just thought that was that was interesting because of like it. And then it's even more interesting that James later uses Allah. Yes. Yes, and I think they're for very different reasons. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so anyway, that happened. He says, I, th- I think I'm meant to be here. Then we flip over to Karor. And Karor is buzzing because they got food in them. They suddenly have this burst of energy. We're going to do a whole lot of stuff. We're going to do projects. We're going to get ahead so that the rest of our time here is going to be easier. And then, <laughs> and then Kobe's like, hey... It's craft day, but just for Katie. Kobe's so funny. Everyone else was doing work. Kobe is a delight. Kobe is so funny. And I feel like Kobe is such a good lens to view all this from. Yes. Because he tells it like it is in his brain. Yeah. And I feel like they could have overused him. Um, He could have been like the narrator of Camp Karor. Mm-hmm. But the way they they let him establish himself as more than just like they could use him as like the the gossipy gay stereotype Mm -hmm. it'd be very easy to have done that to him they give him two challenges of overperforming expectations and kicking ass yep and then they start to show us more of this side of him and give us that base level of like no look this guy has a lot going on he's not just this caricature but we're gonna give you the confessionals now where he is hilarious (laughs) he is really funny and katie's from the audience perspective shooting herself in the foot here yeah i don't we don't really know katie um but we've never heard anything good (laughs) it's the confessional that says i thought it would be harder than this yeah as she's making crafts and again we can pick and choose where this comes from and this could have been in a way different day kim and katie yes of course uh kim and katie are the same person put in complete polar opposite circumstances. Mm. 
Oh, I thought you had more. No, no, no. That's, that's it. it. Like, like if you are if you are lazy, you can kind of get away with that if you're on the winning tribe, as long as things are going well. As long as you win nine immunity challenges in a row. <laughs> Don't expect that to happen, future Survivor contestants. No, that's Just throwing that out there. No. <laughs> anyway, they're they're doing their their work. They're having a sock puppet theater. It's- it's, it's a reenactment so of last night's tribal council, and man, it gets a little petty. Yeah. It's funny. Again, who was Sur- doing this? Uh, I could not tell. I couldn't tell either. I want to say it was Jen, maybe? was what? It was one of the women that we don't hear from very often, and you know, I can only see like part of their face, so it was hard to tell. Because part of me was like, is that Katie and Kobe back I, there? I do think it might have been. It was, it was either Katie or Jen. And a guy, it was, and that was either Kobe or Greg. Because if that was the case, it, that's a wild bonding experience. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked before. It's fucking boring it on is the boring. islands. Like, yeah. just because you might not like somebody doesn't mean you're not gonna try to have some fun with them because I, you're fucking bored. I would do that shit all the time. Anyway, tree mail. You get one Pringle. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Katie brings it to the group and is like. We we got something with tree mail. It starts with a P and ends in O. It's a Pringle. Pork anal. Oh, Pringle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Pringle. Pringle was Pringle was the answer. Not not pork anal. No, it's definitely not whatever you just said. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were getting pig butts. They're gonna they're gonna play for some Pringles, but first, Karor does the RAR as a group. I hate it. It's the, it's the claws out with both hands. They're doing. It just looks like they're doing a community theater production of Cats. Oh, I hate it. Well, after the the puppet theater, maybe they are. Maybe they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I they, I think they've like branded themselves like tigers because in the immunity challenge, Tom is like, yeah, go like be tigers or whatever, and then oh, like roar, and I'm like, okay, you have like a mascot, I guess. Whatever, team building is important, but this is cringy. Why? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> this is before ooh, ooh was a thing. Yeah, that's probably- Roar is the original ooh, ooh. Yeah, and Rafflecopter. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I did notice the more remote a season is, the more scholarships we get or sponsorships we the get. More scholarships. The more sponsorships. We're giving we out money for students. Probably because the rewards are way more fucking expensive. Yeah, that's true. Like they probably oh. need it. They probably reached out and said, "Hey, yeah. want to sponsor some?" Because think about like Van. I feel like. Last season and this season have a lot more, but you compare that to like All Stars and Pearl Islands. I feel like there was not that much sponsorship. I mean, there was, but not for like. It didn't feel like they were building whole challenges around it. It'd be like part of the reward, mm-hmm. but it costs so much more <laughs> to get reward materials out to Palau, an uninhabited island, than than Panama. Yeah. Or, like, even Amazon, like the fucking Coke fridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it comes and goes. Like, sure. you, you're. I would I really... love to say that this dies down, but it it does not. Honestly, it doesn't really bother me. Okay. I find it kind of quaint. D- say more. Oh, it's just like. I don't know. The, the days of, like, like, advertising now is so, like, everywhere all the time mm-hmm. in, our, in our phones and all of that that, like, having it be like. All right, and this is now the Home Depot challenge. It's like, that's kind of goofy and kind of like, it's not, so, like, there's no subtlety to it. None. They're not trying to hide the fact that it's that it's an advertisement, but today I feel like marketing is much more about, like, subliminal or, like, trying to, like, 
barrage you with it rather than being like, okay, cool, we're going to do this one big thing to grab people's attention and make mm-hmm. them associate Home Depot with Survivor. Home Depot. Or in this case, Pringles. Yeah, or Pr- Pringles. Pringles love sponsoring Survivor. Pringles does love sponsoring Survivor. Which they, it must work for them. It must. It's one of the weirder ones. Like, I understand Home Depot. Mm-hmm. You're, you do a building challenge, fine. I understand Coke and like the beer and like Bud Light and the beers or whatever because like yeah that's a good reward that's refreshing. Pringles isn't even in the top like fifty foods I would want as a reward. <laughs> no, not at all. On Survivor, honestly, from a food standpoint, when they showed what they got, it, I I would be disappointed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'd rather have the stew, the nameless stew. <laughs> anyway, they're playing a they're shooting at tiles. It is a. 50 cal replica cannon that they're using to knock out eight tiles. Now, Jared. This gun sucks. When you heard that, did you expect it to be the way it was? No. So, first of all, they show it and it's fucking massive. It's huge. 50 cal is not a small gun. And that is, like, it's a replica machine gun. Correct. And so I'm like, how the fuck does this thing work? But then they make it a bolt action airsoft rifle. (laughs) Like, at that point, just give them an airsoft gun. Like, do, like, a do a like a rifle that looks like a World War II rifle that is airsoft. Like, that's, that makes, this, just, every time they held it, it felt wrong. It felt like the game at the carnival where you shoot the water into the, uh-huh. yeah, it just didn't work. The trajectory of those bullets, pellets, whatever they were shooting was far less than what was expected out of a 50 cal and it it fucked with people's perception early it, in that challenge. It also didn't seem very accurate. No. Like I was watching and trying to keep track of like okay, are people aiming are this, when the same people go are they too high are they too low? What's the arc on the projectile? It seemed like it had a pretty wide variance from shot to shot. For me it looked like it everything started low because mm-hmm. people weren't expecting it to be as low-powered as it was. And then we overcorrected and went high. Sure. So everything kind of tilted low and maybe to the right. But that was dependent on people, I think. But also, part of me wants to be there for this so we could sit and laugh as the pneumatic pump pumps this back up between shots. <laughs> you would sit, This must have taken all day. You would listen to the air compressor go and i'm sure they had to stop rolling while that did its thing let the person let it charge and then let the person walk and they up had so many tiles so many and so many shots so many misses yeah yeah i will say thinking about how uh oolong sucks at survivor and challenges <laughs> especially to their credit yes they have lost every single immunity challenge most of them have been pretty close they're not getting like blown out even this challenge is, i mean they win but like it's really close mm-hmm. it feels a little bit like and it's super bowl sunday so we're uh football's on the brain football it reminds me a lot of the detroit lions 016 season where it was like all the games or the vast majority of the games were very close mm-hmm. and then something would happen and they just lose was that the year dan arlovsky ran out the back of the end zone yep nice that was against the Vikings. safety dan thank you Anyway, the winners get Pringles and Mai Tais. They get to take a boat to a lake where there are jellyfish that cannot sting you. I hope they got more food than just Pringles. I don't think they did, Jared. I I yeah. honestly don't think they did. I don't did. think they did either. <laughs> Nothing brings your strength back up like getting drunk on a couple of Mai Tais and having some Pringles, you know? Yeah. 
Okay, so the point being that the big part of this challenge, everyone kind of had their struggle people. James did not make a single shot the entire challenge. Yeah, and I actually think the more familiar, maybe I'm giving James too much credit, but the more familiar you are with guns, the harder this challenge was. I would agree. I think in my brain, I would shoot dead on with a, a 50 caliber <laughs> Because it should move at a trajectory that it's not going to fall from that distance. Well, and, like, you probably are adjusting, like, because this arcs. Like, this this gun doesn't have enough power to shoot projectiles straight. This pea shooter. Yeah. Like, if you're used to firing guns, which I don't have the most experience in doing, but I have a little bit, your your adjustments need to be in tiny little degrees. Mm -hmm. This needs to have wide swinging adjustments. I agree. Yeah, like I said, James was over. (laughs) Yeah, I'm dogging it today. And I do love James's candor and how honest he is. Oh, absolutely. I don't always love his perspective on things, but he's he's willing to call a spade a spade. Sometimes I do not agree with him on what a spade is, but <laughs> I like that he's willing to say it. And Stephanie is great at this challenge. Yeah. Stephanie hits probably four of the eight tiles. Stephanie's a challenge beast. Yeah. She's a challenge beast with a lot of dead weight. So Oolong wins. Oolong barely wins. Like, we get to the point where we have James missing, and then Kobe connects, so then we're, we're at, like, a 7-7 tie, and then we go back and forth to try to get people to hit that eighth one. I was glad to hear they had a tiebreaker. Well, I, they didn't explain what the tiebreaker was. They didn't explain was. what it was, but he did say, hey, if you if you make the shot, we go to a tiebreaker. Yes. So I'm glad to hear that there was one at all. Yeah. So then... Steph hits to get to eight, and Karen misses, giving Oolong the win. Interesting choice of the... So, at this point, Mm -hmm. Karor is sitting out half of their tribe. Correct. Meaning that half will play this one, half will play the next one. Hilarious. Oh, my God. They're going to have to change the rules. (laughs) Because now they have to sit out five people. Uh You can't sit out the same people twice, but you have to sit out some people twice. Correct. Because you only have three people competing. You only pull three of the five back in. I believe it changes to you cannot compete in two challenges back to back. Wow. That is they probably they probably had to create this on the spot. I mean like and that like is the logical conclusion, but mm-hmm. like, oh my god. This is not the four I would have had sit out of this challenge. It works out for them. But like this but is I, not a strength based challenge. No. You what? could throw anyone on this, and they could be good or bad at it. Why are you putting... Well, I, hand-eye coordination, like, I, Karen dogs it. Oh, you're right. <laughs> we have Tom, Tom, Greg, Karen, and who's the last person that played? Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. What are you doing? At least have Kobe, Greg, or Tom sit. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them. Don't ba- put Balance both... it out. Yeah! <laughs> you, don't want, you don't know what the next challenge is? Don't have Ian and then three of your weakest people be in your immunity challenge? It's pretty wild. They get lucky what this next challenge is. Uh-huh. So they go on. Oolong goes on and goes on their reward. It was a beautiful reward. Going to the lake was great. Oh, yeah. The Survivor Pringles. Very dumb. Very hilarious. That was an actual product. I do remember that, actually. Like you could, They would print off trivia onto a Pringle, and then you would open it up like, read the trivia on the Pringle and then it would have the answer on the back or something. Or maybe it was upside down. Yeah, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. It's one of those the the late nineties and two thousands had these really weird products where it was all about like 
wow, we got a new technology. In this case, like, we can print things onto a chip. What do we do with it? I don't know. Let's just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Or, like... Survivor trivia. I think about that. I think about, like, the different colored ketchups. Mm-hmm. Like, all that kind of dumb, kitschy shit that, like, who is this for? <laughs> I miss me some purple ketchup, Jared. I don't. That sounds <laughs> disgusting. It's pretty stupid. Yeah. Did you remember some of the trivia questions? Like, do you remember who the three winners of Cars and Survivor All-Stars were? Oh, I forgot it was Sheehan. Yeah. Because I didn't consider her... They phrased the question in such a way that I didn't really count Sheehan. Sure. Because I was like, she didn't win it during Survivor All-Stars. She won it at the reunion of Survivor All-Stars, which I think is very different. I mean, Amber also didn't win it. She was given it. Well, okay, yeah. But at least that was during Survivor All-Stars. Sure, sure. I was like, was there somebody I missed? Or I thought maybe they were like being like, who else on Survivor All-Stars had like previously won a car? Um, yeah, it was phrased in that way that you're like, wait. So anyone from any of the seasons, so like Colby, didn't Colby win a car? Yeah. Yeah. He should have been in that. Yeah, whatever. We don't need to get We into are picking that. apart a product that no longer exists from the year 2005. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the the jellyfish was beautiful. It was so beautiful. I, I would have to get over some major uh, mental hurdles to get in that lake. 100%. But it's pretty cool. And good on them for getting to do one cool thing while they slowly get picked off one by one and lose every single challenge. But don't you worry. None of them can sting you because they lost their stinging tentacles. Is that what James said? I think it was Bobby Jod, but I did not write oh, it down. That's hilarious. Either way, they're all from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Ibrahim was from Alabama. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, anyway. They they cut to Karor, and it is a miserable night. Like, the wind is gusting. The rain is happening. That's honestly probably the best part of the reward for Oolong is that they don't have to stay in camp that night. I don't know that they did because they didn't show the... No, that's what I mean. Oolong, Oolong was... I think they stayed overnight at the lake. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, why would they not have shown them? I don't know. They didn't show the the living situation. Usually they make a big deal about showing Yeah, their... Yeah, I guess they do if that's part of the reward. I don't know why they didn't. But it they had to travel so far. I can't imagine... There's a reason that they didn't show Oolong's camp. Sure. It might have just been storytelling. I guess. Because the the wind and the rain isn't the problem. It's the morning after when Janu is feeling vulnerable and feeling like, I can't do this anymore. She, she tells us this is the first night where I felt vulnerable and alone. And Tom comes in to kind of coach it out of her. Tom has really good emotional intelligence. I agree. Like, the... The way, the managing, like, yes, you feel that way now, and that is fine, and that is real, but you do have the ability to do this is, like, the best thing you can possibly say. Mm-hmm. Like, you made it this far. Let today be your bad day. It yeah. t- you don't have to not feel the things that you're feeling, but it doesn't mean that you need to immediately pack up and leave this game because you're stronger than that. And for a guy in what I would consider to be a pretty macho field in the year of 2005, like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah. I think firefighters have to be trained in a lot of response. That's true. They do do a lot of first response. And I think they do a better job than other uh, first responders in that scenario. It's cop. They do better than cops. Yeah, exactly. They do a great, they, they, yes. both. (laughs) Listen, there's a reason a cab is a thing. Hey, guess what? Um, all firefighters are bastards. Not a thing. No, nobody hates firefighters. I can't imagine why. What's the difference there? Anyway, crazy. <laughs> Go listen to our honorable men bonus episode. Yeah. That's why. 
Yeah, and then it, it was interesting Tom's like speech to her saying you're going to be on the jury. Oh, and uh by the, if you're not careful, we might be voting for you. It was a weird reverse psychology situation. <sighs> yeah, I know what he meant. He definitely that was definitely a Freudian slip of mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're going to vote you out once we merge. Yeah, but like you're going to make it to the merge. You're going to earn that spot. And I know I don't I don't know like I think what he was intending to say was like, listen, you are set until the merge. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna keep winning and you're fine. Yeah. Um. And what he said is totally true. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, you could be, uh, you could, we could be voting for you, but I don't think he takes her as a serious threat. Most of this means nothing. Maybe it'll mm. mean something in future episodes. It's also just nice to get to know Tom and Janu better. Um. As well as who was it? Was it? It was Katie that basically calls her a drama queen. I don't really trust anything I Katie thought, says. I thought I was the drama queen in this camp. I don't think I like Katie very much. <laughs> after you, once once I re, like rethought about that scene, I'm like, I don't think I like you. I don't know that that's the perspective I want to be going here. Yeah, I wouldn't expect me to be like, hey, good job, like very like hoorah, like guy leader doing this emotional labor, and the lady who did crafts all day is like, God, that woman's so dramatic. <laughs> like a real reversal there, huh? Yeah, kind of funny. Anyway, we get tree mail, and we're told to make this box impenetrable. Here's some rope. Find a way to keep it shut. I thought we were going to be doing Capture the Flag. I mean, we kind of are doing Yeah, it's flag. been captured. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, at Oolong, James is like, I got, I'm going to take the lead here. Here's this special knot that gets tighter as people pull on it. I was in the Navy. I was in the Navy. Which, first time he's mentioned that. I don't know that he mentioned it. I think Bobby John mentioned it. I'm sure it was said at some point for Bobby Dunn to bring oh, it up. I think he said it. I think James said it to us in a confessional in Pro- this episode. Probably. I don't remember. He, anyway, it's to the point that everyone's like, he seems to know what he's doing. And Stephanie's like, oh, we got this in the bag. Like, how can this tribe have so much arrogance when they've just been getting kicked in the teeth over and over and over? There is something to be said in sports. And I do consider a lot of these challenges to be akin to sports. Yeah. Because. Hey, when's the last puzzle we had, Steven? We really haven't had much puzzles yeah. in this challenge. You might be able to consider this a puzzle. I don't. I would argue it's not, but I could see why someone might argue it is. There's a, there is something in sports psychology about, like, have a short memory. Mm-hmm. If you make a mistake, don't think about it. You'll get the yips. Like, review it later. But while you're in the heat of it, forget it ever happened. Mm-hmm. That's why it just, like... You have to have the mental fortitude to be a kicker in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to miss at some point. Yeah. I and mean, well, and you played cornerback in college mm-hmm. or in high school. High school. That's <laughs> I don't I don't qualify as a college <laughs> athlete. That's a, a position where you have to have a really short memory because you're mm-hmm. going to get burned. That's just the nature of the game. Oh, but boy, do I remember some of those plays that I've fucked up. <laughs> sure. There are two of them specifically that will haunt my nightmares. We can unpack that later. Okay, cool. <laughs> One you on YouTube. You can't. Have, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. You can't have such a such a short memory that you're like, we've never lost a game before in our lives, and nobody can beat us, and we're invincible, and we're not going to learn from any mistakes. And that's what James and Stephanie do. I don't know about Ibrahim and Bobby John. But they're not as active in this challenge, uh, as far as like they don't. We don't talk to them as much. Uh huh. In- insane. <laughs> insane. Yeah. So we get to the challenge and. Not only are they they have to get into the box that the other team tied down, but also we have a section of 20 minutes where you get to go out, go into 
this lake or ocean or whatever they did. I think it was the ocean. And, a bay. Yeah. And you had to you could go grab all of this lumber, which you could make to I think he called it a fortress. Yeah. You could build a fortress around your box to make it more difficult for them to get into the box. And there was like metal poles sticking out in the corners that you could like it seemed like you, you could tie like things to tie things to or like maybe like stick some of the wood through. I don't really know. But yeah. essentially they had more it's it's more getting in the way so you have less time to work on the box. Yeah. And in this section <laughs> James is staying back at camp or at the where the box is and is taking a good what Jeff calls three or four minutes to just tie up his skirt. It, this is so wild to it's me. It's insanity. It, you are on the back foot. Like, what are you doing? And like, okay, so this is this is probably the weakest four minus Ian, I guess. The weakest possible assortment of four that I think Coror would ever put out there. Because mm-hmm. I think they're always going to have one of Ian, Tom, Colby, and Greg in a challenge. Mm-hmm. In like, why would they put all four of them? And yeah, so oh, well, yeah, it's it's Ian, it, it's Katie, it's Jen, and it's Karen. Janu. Oh, Janu. This, how did you not beat them? Like, sure, Ian's a good swimmer. Ian gets the logs pretty quickly, but like, in, tying knots is not the most physical thing in the world. But the difference is, Karor, and I talked about before, the division of labor. Ian swims out. He gets the logs by himself, mostly. I don't know if there's one person that maybe comes out with him to help Carrot get one back. But either way, Ian handles the logs because he's a good swimmer. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now, while he's doing that, we'll have two or three of the, the other women. I don't remember. Like I said, I think one of them went in the water. Yeah, I think Ian. two people were back at that box. adding more ropes to the box to make it more difficult. They're sticking to their strengths. In fact, actually, Katie had a craft day. Yeah. Katie played with rope all day before this. Correct. Like, they they are using the things that they are good at. Meanwhile, you jump over to Oolong, and you have Ibrahim, who is not a strong swimmer, doing nothing, just idling in the middle of the in the middle of the bay. I think they were trying to do like a supply chain where yeah. like you, you go and you get it halfway and bring it back. So that should have been Stephanie and Bobby John. And then you could have James and Ibrahim tying things up. James, apparently the fucking master of knots, doesn't tie any more knots this entire time. Do anything. And just ties his skirt because he's afraid of showing his butt. Like I don't What are we doing? We're wasting time is what we're doing. And it it shows because this bastard of knots, like, they tear through his knots. Yeah. And and I don't think that either one was necessarily more advantageous it, when we finally built the fortress. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it seems like Karor did a better job of intertwining the rope into the fortress, mm-hmm. which is what slowed up yeah. Oolong. And that stems from that original three minutes yeah. of they didn't do anything with those knots. Like, you could have built on, and that's what Karor did. All you're trying to do is stall for time. And they were, like, Stephanie's even cocky when she's untying it. She's like, oh, like, these aren't, like, these knots are so easy. Well, that's not what's slowing you down. Mm-hmm. Each one of them is just so into, like, and they start out really strong when it comes to the untying. Like, they start really fast and then slow down because each one of those beat is playing individual challenges or team challenges as if they are individual challenges. Yep. Yep. So, Karora wins again. Yeah. And weird that we're sending them to tribal council, not that night, but the next night. So we have an entire night to sit on this. 
Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, the you're right. Day. It's so jarring when Jeff says, I'll see you at Tribal Council tomorrow. And I'm yeah. like, oh, geez. Okay. And yeah, it, we have time to sit with Oolong and their frustrations really build. And there's a lot of time to strategize this vote because mm -hmm. there's and only four people. There's four of them. It is day 12 mm -hmm. or later now. It's later. Yeah, it's, it's up to probably like day 14, 15. This is the first alliance we have seen on Oolong between Bobby John and Steph. The first one. <laughs> what is going on? And it's probably the first defined alliance. I think that there are people who have been working together. and I think they've taken it one vote at a time mm -hmm. where they're just like, who are we going to get rid of? I guess you could technically call Jeff and Kim an alliance because they were dating. Um, <laughs> but like outside of that. It's more like, okay, who's the weak link? Who's the person that is going that is holding us back that we can get through the next challenge with? Or without, I guess. But they're not actually thinking about anything with team cohesion or alliances or anything else in the game. They're just doing it one vote at a time. Mm -hmm. They can't pick a leader when they have to in previous challenges. They don't listen to each other. They don't communicate. It is it, this it is pathetic. This is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. The only person on that tribe that I have any hope for as a survivor player is, well, I guess Bobby John on a different tribe and Steph. Okay. Steph is Boston Rob and needs an Amber. Oh, sure. She is amazing at the challenges. She is a competitor and she is stubborn and hard-headed and she needs somebody to help her strategize. <laughs> and that person doesn't exist on Oolong. Yeah. Man, to be served those two, that tribe, I, I think you're right. I think those two people taken out of context would have a much better time. Just throw them on a different tribe. Any other Start tribe. Start over, do it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like there's some communication here. Steph is kind of aligned with James, but kind of aligned with Bobby John, and it, it's it's messy. Yeah, okay, I'm going to rant again. I'm so sorry. Okay. Steven, you can cut me off whenever. <laughs> so, first of all, James is a little Islamophobic, where he's like, yesterday, or last vote, he was saved by the grace of Allah. Uh, now he gets sent home by the grace of my God. Yeah. It, it's, one, it's one of those things, I guess, isn't like... It's is, it's not inherently problematic, no, but, but it's a little it's a little holy war. <laughs> it's a little it is it's, it's a little weird. Whatever, uh, you just want to acknowledge it and be like, maybe that's a little gross, I guess, kind of, but nothing like inherently wrong with it. Yeah, I don't know. Steph, uh huh. So Bobby John is like, hey, James voted for me, and I took that personally. It was Steph that voted for Bobby John. Steph does a very smart thing; keeps her fucking mouth shut. Correct. Actually, she protests a little too much, but she doesn't get caught in it. And goes, oh, yeah, no, it was definitely James. It wasn't me. I voted for Eve. Or I voted for Angie. Yep. Yeah, couldn't vote for Ibrahim. Uh, gets away with that and does a pretty good lie. And now all she has to do is vote for James. Why would you stick your neck out to go to a 2-2 tie with somebody that you don't have an alliance with? Like, you might like James, but you're not tied to the hip with him. And even if you were, this is episode six. <laughs> there's no jury yet. I know it feels like there should be because there's four of you. But there's no consequences to getting rid of to just getting rid of James. 
I think she's more convinced that James would take her in a three scenario than Bobby John would. Because that's what she's worried about. She's worried yeah. about Ibrahim and James or, and Bobby John being close. But they, they're not really, from what we hear from Bobby John. And sure, whatever. Perception's reality. I can see why she'd be worried about that. They seem to be voting in a voting block like in the last few votes. Like, they've yeah, I guess together. that's true. I guess that's true. It always seems like it's out of necessity, but we haven't really seen them talk or not talk. Mm-hmm. I guess we can't really see them not talk. <laughs> anyway, I, then goes to Tribal Council and goes to the 2-2 tie anyway, which shouldn't be... There's no reason why this should be a hard decision. Like, even if you feel that way, that you're like, oh, I might be the next to go if James goes, you're not going to rocks. No. So then all Especially you... in that scenario, then it's either you or Bobby John. Yeah, so then you just stuck your neck out for no fucking reason to vote against Bobby John and then change your vote before you went to rocks. Part of me wonders if this was pre-planned a little bit in that, like, I want to make a show of it, but don't you worry. When it changes, don't flip. I will vote with you. I would think that if there was a jury. Sure. We're not to the jury. <laughs> like, I don't, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. All in all. This is why Steph needs an Amber. All in all, it was pretty wild. Yeah. So, like you said, we go to Tribal Council and Jeff lays into them. Oh, he's pissed. You have not won a single immunity challenge. Like, wh- this is terrible. How do you how do you write this ship? They do mention, or I think it's Ibrahim that says, uh, like, it's like we hear the word immunity and we freak out. And I do think there's part of that that's it's true. James. James. Okay, sorry. It. I do think they have the yips around immunity a little bit. I think they get really in their head. Although this challenge, this last one was fucking pathetic. It was fucking pathetic. And the level, level effort they gave. And Jeff goes in on that. He, yeah. he says like, you, you were working on your skirt for three or four minutes and Ibrahim, you were swimming leisurely out there. I don't know what you guys thought you were doing, but it was pathetic. Yeah. Like figure it out. And then we go into the section where it's like, all three of these guys are from Alabama. Steph, do you feel a little out here? Like, are you concerned that they're just going to team up on you? No, she's not. Oh, we also don't see, I just realized, we don't see Koror work on their box at all. We don't. I have another conspiracy theory. <laughs> go on. Not conspiracy. We didn't see them work on their Morse code either. We don't see them work on their knots. You know where you learn both knots and Morse code? Fire department? No. Oh, okay. Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts. Oh, sure. So Lil Ian, came back? It would surprise me if Ian was not an Eagle Scout. <laughs> okay. Well, like somebody that like gravitated towards a job that is being outdoors, that is that is like a dolphin tamer. Mm-hmm. Um. And now two different things that Boy Scouts learn that would give them a massive edge forward that they get to pre-plan in camp, and we don't see either of those. And he's also the one that cracks through these knots that mm-hmm. James that James is like, this is unbreakable. I broke it. I think Ian has those. I think Ian has like got the skills. Got the skills. Maybe not like Eagle Scout, but like I think he's I think he has a lot more knowledge in those areas than they were considering. Which there's no way to consider that, but you did a military theme season, and you have a firefighter and what who I think is a literal Boy Scout on the same tribe, both of which kind of model the structures of the organization after the military. I also don't want to 
glean over. I think Janu was really killing it in that challenge too sure, with the knots. Fair. Like she was using her mouth to that's some true. Oh, oh like that she, makes me so uncomfortable. She was going hard, and I think she was a huge help in that one. That's fair. I did because we haven't spent enough time with the women. I when all three of them are in the same place, I do kind of lose track of them. Mm. Just we, they have not gotten enough screen time for me to really lock in on the on what they're good at and what they're not good at. So good call out. Well, surely we're about to have a lot more screen time with Karor. <laughs> they're running out of people on Oolong. They got two more they can get rid of. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so anything else you want from this tribal council? We talk about how it's, it was a tie vote. We redo it's it. so dumb. And Stephanie switches from Ebe to James. And... You know what? I don't think it, I, I'm going to push back. I don't think it was pre-planned because the camera leads us to believe that she spent like ten goddamn minutes in that booth, not writing down a name. <laughs> that is true. Stephanie cannot make decisions, and when she does, they're based on being hard-headed and stubborn. <laughs> yeah. So James is voted out. It's it was a tie, so not a sweep, but takes it. And once James that final vote is read, Stephanie's like, "I'm I'm sorry, James. I had to. I had to do it." Yeah, it makes sense. You you did. Otherwise. It was a 50-50 shot that it was you. So, not a great place to be in. But what's so funny is that the whole reason that Bobby John won't change his vote off of James is the lie that Steph told. Yeah. There's another world where if she really wanted to keep Ibrahim, she could have said, or she really wanted to keep James, I mean, she could have said, no, that was me. I panicked. And I'm so sorry, and I shouldn't have done it. And, like, I'm not saying that's the right strategy, but, like, she tried to cherry pick the results of both strategies while doing the strategy of neither strategy. I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that would have been a terrible idea. Oh, but you could too. have. Yeah. Okay. How do you think James is in Future Survivor? <laughs> I, I actually feel kind of bad for James because he got thrust in this weird leadership position he never wanted to be in. So I do think he'd probably do better on a future season. He seems likable, or he seems charismatic. His tribe mates seem to like him when things are going well. Unfortunately for him, things were never really going well. Yeah. But then again, being on a tribe where you got to whatever day 15 or whatever it is, without making an alliance at all, probably does not bode well for your survivor future. I think in most tribes he makes the merge i mean he goes pretty late in his tribe here he makes the final four of his tribe weird thing to have to say (laughs) but i don't think he's ever really a contender i see what you're saying so he's he's good enough at the challenges that on like a typical tribe of like average strength i think he he sticks around there's no reason to get rid of him but he doesn't have what it takes to win i think he's kind of in that like final nine to like final five area okay well i didn't find a whole lot of information about him but i did find a interview with reality tv magazine from 12 years ago okay on youtube i just want to play like moments what's up my show check this out yo yo i do dish network make about three grand a week because i'm a badass dude and i got a hot chick Chicks, and I dance with them. And if they got nice boobs, 
Oh, yeah. I'm hooking up. I'm checking. So, yo, what's up? You got some nice tatas. Come on. You know what I'm Yeah, so I think that's all I need to say. I, I watch that, and I'm like, no. I cannot. Jesus Christ. Um, What's the phrase I'm looking for here? Oh, it's just trashy. Mm-hmm. That interview is just trashy. It's it's pretty, yeah. I don't know if it's like trying to be shock jockey where you're like, I'm going to say these things and you're going to hate me for it, but it's the truth. That's not who he was. He was on Survivor. No. I don't, like, I don't know. He got... <laughs> we'll put the link to that in the episode, please. I think people should watch it because it's, it's pretty funny. I don't know. I think that's who I expected James to be mm. after the first episode. I think he just had more sense than that to do that on the island. That's an easy way to get your ass voted out. Yeah. And now that I know that he has a military background, I feel like also like it's very competitive mission focused versus like living his life and doing an interview for a magazine. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Your protagonist of the episode. It's Steph. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like Steph. I I hope Steph comes back. I hope Steph finds somebody that can, like, handle Steph, you know? That can, like, help maneuver Steph through the game. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, she, it's like she does, she does a great job of the challenges, and she like, and the people around her like her, but, like, it's like she walks off on, like, into the woods on her own and loads an entire pistol clip into her foot and then comes back to camp and goes, yeah, I just... I just wanted to do that. I wanted to make things harder. Um, literally since the first vote. Makes sense. Like, she was she was the person that orchestrated Joe, which I don't think was a bad move. The only person to fight for Ashley, including Ashley, whose name I almost forgot. Ashley Ashby? Ashby yeah. line? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she's the protagonist of the episode. She's the one that kind of calls the shots. And get it together. Get it together, girl. You have so much potential. Potentially a bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turnback Time podcast. Jared, we're cruising through this season. Yeah. It, it's also, it helps that we've done five episodes in like a week. Yeah. Uh, four. Four episodes in a week? Four okay. episodes in a week. Yeah. It's a lot of Survivor. Honestly, I love this season so much that I'm, Sad that I can only watch one more episode until we record again. That's true. I know. Like, I want to know what happens. Mm. Anything you'd like to promote? I would like to promote your local coffee shop. Oh, nice. Go and hang out at your local coffee shop. Like, get a coffee, work on some stuff. I find it very peaceful. When I used to work uh, in management of an escape room company that we were both a part of. Nice. I would very often work from coffee shops. I... Oh, I wish I could get to a point in my life where I'm working from coffee shops sometimes, or at least like working from home one day. Yeah, I work. I don't. I pretty much only work from my from my home now because I have a three screen setup, and I need that for my job. But man, it was nice. What about you, Stephen? I am here to promote letting your employees work from home one day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> would be nice. Must be nice. At least three days a week. And it's wild because I work in an office where most people are in three days, maybe four. And then I am one of like four people who are there every day. That sucks. That's kind of sucks. But I get it. I get why my position is there. We could could work something.
out, there would be a rotating schedule. I also know if you knew somebody who worked as an office manager, they would like coordinate stuff, but they would do Yeah. I that being said, I get it. I hope to not have that problem in the future. Yeah, yeah. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Don't go on immunity loss runs. <laughs> I mean, words we can all live by. <laughs> Universally helpful advice. <laughs>